Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the J. Roland Speaks Podcast. I hope you had a wonderful day and I hope that everything that you did was done with a lot of splendor, a lot of majesty and a lot of intention. I want to thank you so much for being here and spending your evening here with me. And whatever it is that you're going through, I want you to listen to some of these poems tonight because I'm hoping that it'll speak to you and that there'll be something that sparks in your heart as well as in your mind to help you see things in a different way, right? I'm not going to solve your problems, but hopefully I can help you ease some of the tension a little bit tonight. So I want to say welcome. Un millón de gracias por ustedes. Gracias por estar aquí. Gracias por su, sus comentarios. Gracias por su apoyo. Y espero que disfrutaron de su día. Y espero que también disfruten de este show. Este es el J. Roldan Speaks. Así que muchas gracias por su sintonía. Por favor, hágame un, un favor. Eh, la próxima vez que hagamos un show, dame un saludo en castellano primero, ¿cierto? Antes del inglés. Así que muchas gracias por sus cariños y por sus saludos. Hello everyone, welcome again for being here. I want to say, you know, I can't tell you how much I actually look forward to these lives. And every night that I miss it, right? Every, every night that I don't do a live, I always feel like a little downhearted. And truth be told, I actually want to share something that somebody told me recently. It's, 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 it's crazy. I can't believe this actually, somebody actually said this. But somebody recently told me that like, Hey, look, I don't want to be friends with you. I don't want to be friends with you because you're on lives like almost every night. <laughs> that was like, I looked at them and I was like, bro, seriously, man? I mean, I knew they were joking, but then I was like realizing, you know, like, like maybe, maybe you're onto something here. Maybe I like these lives more than I do like people. <laughs> Which is not true. Obviously, I love people, and you know, I love being, you know, a professor, and I, you know, I always look forward to interacting with my students and just sharing knowledge, and you know, just growing together. So, anyway, if you're ever wondering how it is that I actually lecture, it's kind of similar to these, actually. I mean, I don't use this type of mic, but I definitely like try to shall we say, pour a bunch of information and knowledge onto them and then they sort of have to like learn how to like swim in it and like learn how to like, okay, I'm going to grab this piece of information, this piece of information, and then eventually it starts making sense, right? So I, you know, I'm at least I try to like give them some help and guidance and, you know, and I do that to, to for the most part, I guess. So anyway, all that to say, y'all, I'm so happy you're here. And I hope that you guys enjoy the show tonight. I got a huge list of poems that I would love to read to you tonight. And some of these were requested. And some of these I chose myself. And so hopefully you guys stick around and enjoy some of these words. All right. Before we begin, you guys know what to do. Make sure you get those earphones, those AirPods. Find a nice, cozy, and comfy place. And don't forget that every time I drink water, you guys got to tap that screen, press that like button. And if you know somebody that maybe could use some of these great encouraging words, share this live with them, right? Because you never know. Some of these poems like really can like speak to people. It's not me, right? It's always these writers that spend so much time putting and devising these, you know, these words and putting it into a poetic form and 
sometimes we always take we we really take words for granted we really do like we don't actually understand the impact of a word does until it hurts right this is what i i i sort of like kind of like try to tell my own students is like like don't wait until something is in pain for you to realize like how much that's like the reality of of, of words right and so like Sometimes we de-appreciate the encouraging words, the edifying words. And, you know, it's nice to hear some edifying words, but we don't let it affect us as much as we do with pain, right? Like with pain, we sort of like are so stung by it and we're so dwelling in it that we basically like can't let go of it, right? And I just find that kind of a little bit disheartening sometimes. And so that's why I read these poems so that you guys can be reminded of like, you know, pain can be... Some, sometimes over overwhelming but so can joy joy can be sometimes overwhelming as well and i think it's really just a matter of like you just realizing that and really taking it to heart and so i really want these poems to like immerse you you know in some ways i kind of want poems to like you know and and i mean this in a very in a very metaphorical sense but sometimes you you do want to get like you do want to drown in these poems right because the idea of like drowning right in in so many languages especially like in spanish like whenever you say like hey look i need you to drown yourself what you're really telling them is like you know i want you to like be drenched in this shall we say spring and this well of edification right this this well of of wholesomeness that you know eventually you're gonna learn how to like breathe in it and like just overcome all of the shall we say the the, the factors of like unknown the strangeness and like like what do i do all these type of like questions right and then you eventually you're gonna realize like I just wasted time asking those questions instead of like actually enjoying being in that spring of joy, you know? So anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy these poems. All right. I'm going to read a bunch of poems by Sarah Tisdale and you guys know how I feel about this woman. She's a very, very bright, bright woman, a very much eloquent speaking woman very intelligent and also very like heartfelt and unfortunately she she died at a rather young age and and it wasn't good it wasn't a good death but before she died she left a bunch of amazing poems to so many people that she wrote to and especially men like she really 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 like wanted to love a single man right like a one one man she wanted to love one man and you know i don't know her entire biography but she definitely went through a lot of heartache and a lot of sadness but the way she spoke of men was such a really great way of like man understanding the role of a man right like the role of of actually like being a leader the role of actually like understanding to 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 be catered by right like someone that that will protect and 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 you know just nurture his woman and so like she really valued that type of man and i think there's something that we sort of tend to you know disregard in this modern day culture right like we tend to like make men 
in in this culture at least seem less less of a man actually and that's kind of putting it in a very polite way <laughs> and so i as you guys know i'm a huge proponent of etiquette i'm a huge proponent of chivalry i'm a huge proponent of you know the old school way of understanding what a man needs to be right and so you know i don't it doesn't really bother me that i'm gonna have people that are not gonna agree with me that are gonna counter me you know it really doesn't bother me i mean i love the dialogue i love discussion so i mean once again I'm, all, I'm i'm mainly a proponent of good men right a good man as as in like a man that needs to like learn how to provide learn how to protect learn how to also serve and learn how to lead right like this is a very essential qual qualities of what it means to be a man and so this is what i absolutely appreciate about sarah tisdale and so i, go, I hope you guys really enjoy some of her works and we'll see what happens right we'll see what happens anyway welcome to all of you that just came here i want to challenge you to stick around even if you're not a, f a fan of poetry or literature in general don't worry you're in good hands because i wasn't either and i know there's some people on this live right now that aren't you know there's there's a lot of science oriented uh folks here and so it's i i especially you know what you know what brings me like some type of joy whenever i do these lives i always love it when there is someone that is so science oriented that when i share a poetic verse it challenges them right like it really like like it really makes them like in some ways not confused to be confusing but confused in the sense of like trying to captivate try to deconstruct trying to understand like what this actually means and to those of you who are in that you know that sort of mental practice like don't run away from that right just because something is confusing something is strange don't run away from that because you need to confront it you need to like really like let it challenge you because even as you know right even in the sciences you are always constantly challenged with a bunch of concepts and theories and so you're constantly trying to prove it and so i understand about the essentiality of proving a concept but sometimes sometimes we need to do it in reverse now that we have a proven concept what if we go backwards and trying to like make it into more of a metaphorical understanding and how do you how do you apply it how do you apply it in your life right like how do these concepts pertain to you how do you connect with these the number one not number one but one of the most important parts about being a human being in terms of like like the essential qualities of humanity is telling each other's stories you know this is such a basic and kind of like a fundamental part of, of of being a human being we love to tell each other stories we love to be captivated by stories we love good storytellers we love people that are so knowledgeable in passing down traditions and you know habits and cultural ideologies within stories this is how people communicated with each other before we learn how to write and you know this is something that plato himself talks about in his dialogues right he was not a fan of writers actually not at first at least but eventually he did acknowledge the importance of writing but he was always conscientious of 
who were actually the authors, who was speaking, who was writing, and why were they speaking, and why were they writing. It's all about like the, shall we say, the prestige and the etiquette and the morality, the character of the person that's speaking, the person that's writing. That's what he was worried about. He wanted the eloquence and the elegance and the importance and the fascination and not just passion, but like the knowledge and the wisdom that is behind the character themselves. You can have all of the intelligence in the world, but if you don't have good character, your knowledge it will never be received well. Never. And the same thing can be said for other people as well, right? Like, you can be a very, like, polite person, very kind person, but if you don't know how to acquire wisdom, if you don't know how to receive it yourself, then, like, you're never going to actually go anywhere. You're never going to actually, like, grow yourself in knowledge and, and truth. And so this is why I like poetry, because it was a very, very easy way not necessarily easy, but a very like a very customary way and a very like effective way, a very like almost endearing way of captivating you and helping you understand your relationship between you and others, between you and a higher being, between you and the creation all over you, right? This earth. Poetry does that. It has a really unique way of doing that. And I didn't understand this till later in my life, you know? The good news is I'm still pretty young. At least I think I am. And I still have enough time, and I've had enough time to really understand what poetry has done to me. Which is why I do these lives, right? I'm not here to persuade you, I'm not here to convince you about anything. I just want you to be exposed to these wonderful works of art, right? One thing, those of you who are new and those of you who have been following me for a while, the one thing that you'll never question in these lives is whether or not the content that I share is wholesome. I'll never share anything that's questionable. I'll never share anything that is this, this you know, just, you know, just not good, right? And so, you know, those of you who are wondering, what do you mean by not good? You know exactly what I mean. <laughs> and so, I hope you guys keep coming back and back and back and back. One last plug before I begin. Please remember, after the show, go to Spotify. Look for my show. It's called J. Rolden Speaks. You'll see a picture of my face. And right underneath it, three links. Rate the show. Let me know how I'm doing request something let me know what you want me to read in the future and then if you can support the show that'd be awesome that'd be so great i want to thank every single supporter that has and is supporting my show thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of your support can't tell you how much i absolutely appreciate it and you know even even during my busy time this is actually by a busy time in my work life which is why I couldn't do my these lives in the last two nights. But even in my busiest times, I'm always conscientious of like, oh man, you know, I really I really feel like I gotta do a live tonight, you know, but I absolutely couldn't do it yesterday or the day before. But I just wanna say to all of you that have been supporting the show, 
thank you so much and i will do my best to continue to produce more content produce more episodes produce more wonderful works of art and keep you guys entertained and stimulated and help you guys learn and grow and yeah so un millón de gracias un millón de gracias all right guys you guys ready yeah all right guys it's gonna be fun i hope you enjoy this all right here's the poem that i want to start tonight it's called in good time and it's written by abimbola alabi you guys ready all right give me a second while i switch up the tunes here All right, one second. One second. Let's see. Here we go. Life can seem an endless maze. The twists and turns, lulls and delays. But things always fall into place in good time. Friends will sometimes go away and some may disappoint or others betray but new ones will come to stay in good time and the hurt of getting something wrong and the lesson it often brings along are there you see to make you strong good time kindness freely given away unnoticed now will somehow find its way back to you and come to stay in good time efforts seem not to pay to plan forge on friend doing the best you can and fortune will find the deserving man in good time and life can be tough and there's no doubt but hope is the thing we can't do without and right things with joy will come about In Good Time by 
Abimbola Alavi. Do you guys like that? It's a pretty simple message. You know, time is such a commodity. It really is. It's such a com commodity. Like, we're so used to it, we sometimes don't notice it until we're running out of time. Isn't that ironic? Right? Like, like, think about the last time you had a good time. Right? With your friends, with your family, with your companion. Think about that. Do you remember how fast time goes by? It's incredible. Like, where does time go? You know where it goes? It doesn't exist. That's where it goes. It's, it goes into inexistence. And we only notice it when we're running out of, running out of time. Right? It's, it's towards like the end of death, basically. Like when it's nearing death that you realize the most important things in life. Isn't that interesting that even in the metaphorical sense, right? And, 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 and also in the literal sense. Do you know how many people like towards their, the end of their life, right? In their deathbed. They sort of like have this kind of, uh, you know, not all obviously, but some, you know, they sort of reflect on their life and it's like, wow, I really did some amazing things. And I also wish I could have done some other things, right? And so it's always towards like that end glimpse that you like start realizing, man, I really need to use this time wisely and I need to really enjoy it and I need to really do something that's significant. One of the first songs I ever, ever, ever was introduced to when I came to the United States. And I kid you not, I know many of you are gonna like think this is weird and funny, but I actually like, I was introduced to country songs. Yes, that's right. I was introduced to country songs when I first came to the United States. And, you know, I was like, wow, this is interesting. What's a, what's a country song, you know? And I was like, oh, this, this is interesting, you know? I mean, I wasn't like a, a huge fan right away, but eventually I learned to like it. And I learned to like it because I love the stories. You know, I love the stories that country songs are written as. Like, they always have, most of them, not always, but most of them have like really, really good stories, you know? And it's like a feel good and sad and, and also happy stories and all kinds of things, you know? And Yes, I've heard all of the stereotypes along the way. That's fine, you know. But one of the one of the songs that I was introduced to, one of the artists actually, one of the artists that I was introduced to in the country in the country world, was Tim McGraw. You know, I I didn't know who that guy was, right? Like I don't know. He had some interesting, you know, songs and stuff like that. But then I heard this one that was titled, and he didn't write it actually. It was written by another guy, and. I believe the story is is that this guy that wrote this song, um, he wrote it for his father, I believe, and then like he sent the words, the lyrics, and the notes, the musical notes, to Tim McGraw's agent, and then Tim McGraw like looked at it and decided to make a record out of it, right? And that song is told, it's called, is titled, um, "Live Like You're Like Live Like You're Dying," right? live like you're dying i think that's what it's titled right and so like in the chorus he says like i went skydiving i went rocky mountain climbing i went 2.7 seconds on a bull named fu manchu and i loved and i love these next words he says sorry the song says and i loved deeper and i spoke sweeter 
end, I gave forgiveness that I've been denying. Let me, let me repeat those last three lines. And I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness that I've been denying. You see, that last part, that last part, I've give, and I gave forgiveness that I've been denying. That's exactly what I've been trying to hammer on this entire like year, right? This past, or last year, I mean, 2022. You guys, all of you that have been following me for a while, all of you know how much I love and like want to explain the importance and the, shall we say, like the, the, the transformation that happens when you forgive people, like truly forgive, not just like a pat in the back and say, oh yeah, no, I forgive you. No, no, no. This is a true, like trueness, for, true forgiveness. And the true testament to forgiveness is if you can forgive something that's unforgivable. That's the hardest, the hardest test of all. But if you can do that, this is how you love deeper and you speak sweeter because you are no longer bound to the brokenness of this world. You are no longer bound to the, shall we say, the the heartache and, 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 and all of like the, the tarnished hearts that we have. You know, we were created by this amazing creator that gave us a heart that knows how to be a sonar for compassion, right? A sonar for compassion. But we just don't know how to emit it because we don't know how to forgive. Because most of us will deny forgiveness, whether you admit it or not. It's true. You will deny forgiveness for whatever reason, right? And the thing is, most of you probably will say, well, I, you know, I did, they did this, I did that, or, you know, it's just, I can't. Okay, I'm not here to convince you to forgive people. I'm just telling you, if you truly want to live in peace and love sweeter and, you know, and also love deeper, then learn how to forgive. Stop denying it, right? I gave forgiveness that I've been denying. The guy who wrote that song was talking about his dad that finally learned when he was learning, when he knew that he was going to die, he learned to live. And he learned to live by finally being merciful, finally being compassionate. And every word that he spoke to every single person in his life from that point on probably was blessed by this man because he spoke words that were touching the heart, that were speaking to the soul. And most likely was a walking, living poem. And that man deserves every kind of respect and admiration. So to all of you out there that have gone through some challenging times in your life, but you learn to forgive and you didn't deny forgiving someone else, kudos to you. I salute you. My heart goes out to you. Great, huge hug for you. 
and I hope people learn from you. And if you have children, those children are going to be so blessed by you. And thank you for being such a testimony of true love. In good time. Let me read this poem one last time for y'all, all right? Here we go. Life can seem endless maze. And the twists and the turns, lulls and delays, but things always fall into place. In good time. And friends will sometimes go away, and some may disappoint or others betray, but new ones will come and stay. good time and the hurt of getting something wrong and the lesson it often brings along are there and you see to make you strong in good time and kindness freely given away unnoticed now will somehow find its way to back to you and come to stay in good time and efforts seem not to pay to plan and forge on friend doing the best you can fortune will find the deserving man in good time and life can be tough and there's no doubt but hope is the thing we can't do without and right things will with joy will come about in good time once again, In Good Time by Abimbola Alabi. An amazing, amazing work of art with such a lovely message. So, don't be disheartened. You still have time. No matter what, you still have time. Go reach out to somebody that you've been denying forgiveness. Go reach out to somebody that you were isolating yourself from. Go reach out to somebody that you know you know, you had the strong friendship before, but for some reason, it just was broken. I challenge you and I dare you to reach out to them and just let them know, hey, look, I've been thinking about you. And look, I want to restore whatever we had before. And like, like, you know, if it takes me to apologize, I really am sorry about that. But I miss your friendship. I miss your companionship. I miss seeing your face and missing hearing your words. I just miss you in general, right? Like I want us to be friends again, no matter what. I'm ready for you. I'm ready to listen. So you can talk to me whenever it's good for you, right? In good time. so much for being here this is a wonderful life this is the jay roland speaks podcast i hope you're having a wonderful day and i hope you're having a wonderful time listening to this if you didn't know this already we do this almost every night and if you didn't know this either i have a spotify account go there after this show you won't regret it you're gonna love it there's so much good content out there on that platform 
And I'm telling you, there's some really great stories, really great encouraging words, really great poems and, you know, reading of scripture and just like analyzing it there. And I hope you guys really like learn something from it. I, I value learning, right? I value wisdom and I hope you guys learn from it. That's what I want the most, right? What did you learn? Let me know. Leave a message. Let me know what you learned, right? Share that stuff. It's going to be good. All right, guys. Shall we move on to the next? Excellent. All right, guys. I'm going to drink some water. You guys know what to do. All right? Get those likes up. Let's go. you used to know if you know my name I and the song are still the same beyond time or place I keep the faith follow a path or follow no path never fearing the night the wind call to me come to me now at the end and walk with me life of my life my friend come on y'all the song you loved come on <laughs> all right i gotta read this in spanish i have to read it in spanish it's just too good it's too good not to read in spanish all right give me one second while i start this track one more time Here we go. This is the Spanish version right here. Once again. Canto que amabas. Aquí vamos. Para todos ustedes aquellos en Latinoamérica. Aquí vamos. Yo canto lo que tú amabas, vida mía, por si te acercas y escuchas, vida mía, 
por si te acuerdas del mundo que viviste. Al atardecer yo canto, sombra mía. Y yo no quiero embudecer, vida mía, como sin mi grito fiel me hallarías. ¿Cuál señal? ¿Cuál me declara vida, vida mía? Soy el mismo que fue tuyo, vida mía. Ni lento, ni transcordada, ni pérdida. Acúdela al anochecer, vida mía. Ven recordando un canto, vida mía. Y si la canción reconoces de aprendida, y si mi nombre recuerdas todavía, te espero. Te espero sin plazo y sin tiempo. No temes noche, nebline ni aguacero. Acude con sendero o sin sendero y llámame a donde tú eres alma mía. Y marcha recto hacia mí, compañera. Así se hace, gracias. <ríe> Espero que lo disfrutaron. Eso fue el canto que, que amabas, canto que amabas por la señora Gabriela Mistral, chilena talentosa. Espero que disfrutaron. Come on, guys. Did you guys like that? Come on now. Seriously, the song you loved. How many times have you listened to a song and you're like, oh man, I remember who I was with when I listened to that song. Right? It's like a an audible stamp, right? It's like, oh, that's right. I dance with that girl. I dance with that woman. I dance with that chick. And then it's like, wait, wait, I remember I was kissing her with that song in the background, right? It was like, oh, yeah, I love that song. <laughs> oh, man, good stuff, right? I actually remember, you know, obviously it was a good date. I remember most of my dates with this. If there was a song that was like hitting just right, right? Like, like, like if it was a really great evening and there was this really perfect song. I actually remember the exact dress that they were wearing and you know the way they did their hair right and it's just like wow this woman is so magnificent tonight you know it's like yeah I remember you ladies here's a really important trait that you should look for into in a man all right I don't speak for all men I'm only speaking for a select few of us here But if we really are into you, right? If we really like cherish you and adore you, we will go out of our way to let you know that we still think about you, that we still care about you. And if we love you, yeah, it's for real. And even when you don't express it back, even when you like don't like respond to any of those gestures, 
if we love you. We're going to keep loving you. The only time that we walk away, the only time that we walk away, is when you tell us to. Is when you tell that man that loves you, listen, I really don't love you anymore. And I think you should stop also. And you know what? It's going to hurt. It's going to seem a little sad. But you know what? We're going to do it because that's how much we honor you. But it only happens when you say it. It only happens when you say it. So take heed of that advice. Take heed of those words. And be good to those men. Because Lord knows we need more of those guys. All right? <laughs> this is the J. Rowland Speaks Podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful time. This is coming to you live and indirect all the way from the south. And we are so, so drenched in a bunch of water. It's been raining so hard lately. And man, I can't tell you. So I went to go play uh, soccer with some friends earlier this evening. We were playing in this gym, and it was raining so hard, like there was actually like, like little drops leaking from the roof, and uh, there was a bunch of dudes like were just slipping and falling, and it was kind of like comical, you know. But then it was also dangerous too, right? Like, <laughs> here's this a bunch of like, you know, guys my age, and like just like, whoa, man, you know, so there's like a lawsuit waiting to happen here. <laughs> but uh, nah, it's all good. It's all good. We're all alive. We're all good. We're all healthy. But definitely a lot of rain here in the south. Anyway. Alright, let's move on, guys. I'm looking forward to this next one. This one's this next one's written by Sarah Tisdale. And it's called The Ballad of Two Nights. This one's actually a very interesting one. And I'm I'll be honest with you guys, I'm having a hard time truly understanding like what she's trying to say in this message. So hopefully it makes sense. But I have read it before. And it always it always challenges me, so it's a little bit difficult to grasp at first round. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. All right, give me a second while I find a slower tune right here, and then while we get started. All right, one second. Give me one second. She was brown, who should have had the shining yellow hair. 
I ween the knights forgot their words, or else they ceased to care. For he who wanted purity brought home a wanton wild, and when each saw the other knight, I ween that each knight to deconstruct this in a very simplistic manner. So here are these two knights and knights are very noble, they're very loyal, they have usually a great etiquette, right? They practice chivalry, right? And so they know what they want, they know what they look for. And so they have certain characteristics that they look for, right? And of course, each went on their separate way with the objective of finding a wife, right? A woman for them, for them, for each of them, right? And towards the end, we realize that, well, each one found someone that didn't fit those profiles, <laughs> right? That they were completely what they weren't looking for. And then both of these knights look at each other and they both smiled because they realized like even though the profiles that the characteristics that they were looking for didn't exist in the woman that they did find they both realized like well it worked out in the end because they were both you know pretty joyous to have found someone even if it didn't fit their profile right so it's a very basic message here very basic message and I would like to believe that this is mostly true for men you know I mean especially like at a younger age but I must admit usually guys that are older right that already have experienced relationships and marriages usually there's a much more profound sense of characteristic much more attention towards the characteristics that they they look for right and even though we may have certain requirements right certain things that we're looking for i think most of us are like still open to like something of the unknown but make no mistake, there are some characteristics that, that we want. And it's not because, you know, we're stubborn. It's not because we're, you know, like, whatever, just egocentric, if you will. It's just because we know. We just know that because we tried. We've tried those other characteristics that we normally don't look for. We tried. And so it's like through the process of elimination that you realize, oh, wait a minute, now I'm understanding why I like certain characteristics in a woman. And that's actually a really wise thing to do, right? Even though in Sarah Tisdale's poem, those two knights, 
you know, I don't know how wise they were. Obviously, they were both looking for different things, and they both got different things. But maybe that's the point: is that the difference is that there is a difference. <laughs> There's a difference between something that you know works and something that you know doesn't work. And so maybe it's in that difference that you learn to seek and appreciate the things that you that make you different, that make you appreciate the difference, that makes you realize that, hey, look, I've tried these other things that I thought were something that I was looking for. But then in the end, like it, that's not really what made the difference. What really made the difference is that, you know, these other things that I wasn't familiar with, that I wasn't used to, that's what I like. Someone asked me the other day, well, this was last month, actually, especially being a Latino, like, hey, how come you're not more into Latinos, Latino girls? And I was like, well, I mean, they're very pretty, you know, obviously, but I just don't find them as attractive as, you know, someone that's more like very, very like Nordic, <laughs> right? Like, I just find that to be more attractive to me, right? Like, it's a huge difference. <laughs> and so, like, I have no other explanation other than I just know, right? I've tried. Just doesn't really suit with me, right? I'm not compatible. <laughs> and so, you know, that's what I mean, like, the difference, right? Like, understanding the difference. And I think sometimes, you know, we are kind of like these knights at the beginning where we think we like certain characteristics and we fit certain profiles and we are like should like certain profiles but in the end like you know it's like i've tried it it didn't work and that's why you guys know what i'm going to be talking about next right <laughs> one of the best explanations to really like hone in on this concept even more is a painting by Jackson Pollock. Those of you who are not familiar with Jackson Pollock, really, 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 really need to know. Really need to know. You need to look at a Jackson Pollock painting. And you can look at any of his works, right? He's, he's, he has a very distinct style. And when I was very young in, in undergrad, that was my first experience looking at a Jackson Pollock painting. And I thought, the first time I saw one of his paintings, I thought, this guy's crazy. Like, genuinely thought, this guy's crazy. You know, like, like literally you can see his lines in his paintings just all over the place. So, this guy must be mad. Like, there's, there's something not right in here. So, I sort of, like, discarded it, didn't really pay attention to it anymore. And then, you know, slowly I saw more versions and iterations and other paintings by Jackson Pollock. And I started seeing like something very interesting and I still didn't understand it. I still didn't understand it, but I was, I was giving it more time, right? I was giving it more time to actually understand and appreciate it more. And it took me years, 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 years. And all of a sudden I saw this one film. And you guys need to see this film. 
It is a fantastic film and it's absolutely underrated. I don't think people realize just how wonderful of a masterpiece it is in terms of cinema, cinematography, in terms of storytelling and just the, the whole concept itself. It's very underrated. And that movie is called Ex Machina. Ex Machina is about a CEO of this multi-billion dollar industry of computers. And the CEO was such a genius, okay? He, was, he basically started this company. Basically, in, in the film, it's, it's another type of like Google company, okay? They're just like a billion dollar industry, right? Anyway, so in the film, he designs this artificial intelligence, right? He designs AI, basically. And in order to test it out, there is a very unique test. It's called the Turing test. It's, it's named after a Brit. His name is Alan Turing, who actually came up with the first computer, by the way. And the Turing test is about, like, basically, when you interact with, with a computer... And eventually, if you get to a point when you when you interact with the computer for so long, when you get to a point where you no longer can tell, can can distinguish whether or not you're talking to interacting with a computer anymore. That's when you pass the test. Right. That's when you realize that this artificial intelligence is so similar to human intelligence that that's what the Turing test does. Right. Like like you no longer realize that it's a robot. You don't longer realize that it's artificial. You just know that it's intelligent. Anyway, so this CEO of this company invited one of his employees to come do a, a Turing test on his robot, this artificial intelligence. And so he makes him go through several rounds of interviewing with the robot. And like he just basically asks his employee, just just talk with it, just talk with this robot, you know, just just hang out, chill. And it's through these sessions of these ch these moments where they chat together, the employee like he starts like starts realizing that whoa, there's this robot. It doesn't sound like a robot. This robot doesn't sound. It sounds very human. And so he starts freaking out a little bit and. He basically like leaves the room and basic and, and, and talks to the CEO and just shares with him his experience. And then the CEO asks him this, are you attracted to her, to the robot? Are you attracted? To, and, the, and the robot, by the way, is represent it's, it's in the form of a female body. OK, it, it looks like a woman, basically. So he, so the CEO genuinely asked the guy, his employee, who's a male. And he asked him, like, are you attracted to her? And he was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, do you have any feelings for her? <laughs> and he was like, that's insane. She's a robot. How can I have a feeling for a robot? He was like, I don't know. I'm just asking you a question. Do you, are you attracted to her? And he was like, I'm not sure. And he was like, all right. Well, he takes him to his art gallery. And lo and behold, in his art gallery, there's this giant Alan, or Jackson Pollock painting and I'm telling you I've never seen such a awesome way of explaining what it means to be attracted to something even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else 
So he asks his employee to check out a Jackson Pollock painting. And mind you, okay, his employee is is a computer engineer. Okay, he 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 thinks in numbers, right? He thinks in quantifiable numbers. So he's not well versed in art, right? He's he's in fact that probably like doesn't compute very well. So what happens is, well, he looks at this painting and he's like, okay, what do you see? And then the computer engineer is like, well, I see a bunch of lines, kind of chaotic, they're just going all, all over the place. It was like, okay, step back. And I want you to look at this again. What do you see? And he was like, well, I still see the same thing. He's like, well, you're not... He was like, stop looking and start feeling. He was like, all right. He takes a look at it for a third time. And then he's like, I see this one line. It's going in circles. And it's just doing these interesting loops. And it's going all over the place. But I notice it. I can see it. And he was like, why do you like it? And the computer engineer was like, I don't know. I just do. And the CEO was like, exactly. Sometimes we can't explain why we're attracted to certain things. Sometimes we can't explain why we're attracted to certain characteristics. We just do. But you don't realize that until you go through a process of elimination. And that's why I will forever respect and love Jackson Pollock paintings. That one line out of hundreds and thousands of other lines that exist on that canvas, only one makes sense to me. So, thousands of words I hear every day. The one word that matters to me the most. It's that one you shared with me. There are thousands of beautiful faces out there. 
but I can only remember every single detail on yours. And no matter how dark my days may seem sometimes, I will never forget how you make me feel at times. I know there's still a heartbeat for me. And while I can't understand hesitation at times. I just know that I willfully wait for you. Not just because you asked. It's because I want to. There's nothing else that satisfies me as much as you do. Nothing else. Until you sincerely and truly tell me that you no longer desire me anymore and that you want me to walk away, I will only honor it because you asked that of me. But until then, you will always be that yellow line in that Jackson Pollock painting. Nothing else will do. Until my dying days, and my last breath, my last thought, I will always keep you close. Because I, uh, I really love you. So. This is my gift to you. <sighs> Don't you love poetry? <laughs> this is the J. Rolton Space Podcast, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you're having a wonderful time. We still have some time for some old poems today. So don't go anywhere. It's going to be good. I'm going to get some water. You guys know what to do. Hit that like button. We'll be right back. All right?
Alright, we're back. Thanks for the likes, guys. Thanks for sticking around. Let's go to the next poems by Sarah Tisdale and company. <laughs> Let's see what else we got here on this list. Alright, let's go back and check this out. Alright, this one's titled... Ooh, this is interesting. This is titled... A Fantasy by Sarah Tisdale. Are you ready? Here we go. Her voice is like clear water that drips upon a stone in forests far and silent, where quiet plays alone, and her thoughts are like the lotus abloom by sacred streams beneath the temple arches where quiet sits and dreams her kisses are the roses that glow while dusk is deep and Persian garden closes where quiet falls asleep and her like clear water that drips upon the stone and forests far and silent where quiet plays alone and her thoughts are like the lotus abloom by sacred streams beneath the temple arches where quiet sits and dreams and her kisses are the roses that glow while dust That was titled, A Fantasy, by Sarah Tisdale. Interesting, no? Interesting indeed. This one's titled, In a Garden, also by Sarah Tisdale. Here we go. And the world is resting without sound or motion. Behind the apple tree the sun goes down, painting with fire the spires and the windows in the elm-shaded town. Beyond the calm Connecticut the hills lie silvered with haze as fruits still fresh with bloom, and the swallows weave and flight across the zenith on an aerial loom. And into the garden peace comes back with twilight and peace that since noon had left the purple flocks and the heavy-headed asters and the late roses and swaying hollyhocks for at high noon i i heard from this same garden the far-off murmurs when many come and up from the village surged the blind and beating red music of a drum. And the hysterical sharp fife that shattered the brittle autumn air. And while they came, the young men marching 
past the village square, across the calm Connecticut, and the hills changed to violet. The veils of dusk and are deep, and earth takes her children's many sorrows calmly, and stills herself to sleep. What a talent for writing. What a gift that this woman had. You want to know why sometimes going and resting in the wild, right? In the wilderness. Why it brings you such calmness and peace. I think Sarah Tisdale did just that. She just explained it. She just she didn't explain it. She described it. She just described how that happens. Earth takes her children's many sorrows calmly and stills herself to sleep. This idea of like taking right, like like you pouring all of your sorrows, your anguish, and just giving it to something else. And then this something else takes it from you. See, this is what I mean by like perfect love, guys. Don't get me wrong. I think that nature has some ways of offering you some type of calming, soothing experiences. But ultimately, we can't be companions with nature. You understand what I mean? Nature is not a human being. But it can still offer you some sense of calmness, right? An experience. But if you're looking for perfect love, then you need to search for it and find it in something that is purely holy, purely wholesome, purely merciful and forgiving. Because what you'll find is that perfect love that exists, that's what they do. They take all of that burden from you. And even when you hate or dislike them, that person that takes that burden from you, they're still there to take it from you. And they'll let you know, look, you no longer have to endure this now. Give it to me. And all that burden with it. And I'll give you rest for your souls. This is what transformed my life. And this is why I can honestly and truly say I rest in peace. Truly rest in peace, right?
So don't give up. Don't be complacent. Search for that truth. Search for that perfect love. And I hope and I pray that there's a transformation in your life. Because it's waiting. And he's waiting for you. That was In the Garden by Sarah Tisdale. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Good stuff. All right. What else shall we read? Let's check this one out. This one's titled... This one's, uh, I'm not gonna read that one. Never mind. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Hmm. Ooh, this one's titled A November Night by Sarah Tisdale. You ready? start this again. Okay, here we go. There. See the line of lights? A chain of stars down either side the street. Now why can't you lift the chain and give it to me? A necklace for my throat? I twist it round and you could play with it and you smile at me as though I were a little dreamy child behind whose eyes the fairies live. And see, the people on the street look up at us, all envious. We are a king and queen, our royal carriage is a motor bus, and we watch our subjects with a haughty joy. And how still you are. Have you been hard at work? And are you tired tonight? It is so long since I have seen you. Four whole days, I think. And my heart is crowded, full of foolish thoughts, like early flowers in an April meadow. And I must give them. All of them, before they fade. The people I have met, the play I saw, the trivial shifting things that loom too big or shrink too little, shadows that hurry, gesturing all along a wall. Haunting or gay, and yet they all grow real and take their proper size here in my heart. When you have seen them, 
there's the plaza now. A lake of light. Tonight, it almost seems that all the lights are gathered in your eyes and drawn somehow toward you and see the open park lying below us with a million lamps scattered in wise disorder like the stars and we look down on them as God must look down on constellations floating under him tangled in clouds come then and let us walk since we have reached the park it is our garden all black blossomless This winter night, we, we bring April with us, you and I. And we set the whole world on the trail of spring. And I think that every path we ever took has marked our footprints in mysterious fire, delicate gold that only fairies see. drowsy park they look along the empty paths and say oh here they are they went and here and here and here come see here's their bench take hands and let us dance about it in a windy ring and make a circle around it only they can cross when they come back again. Look at that lake. Do you remember how we watched the swans that night in late October while they slept? <sighs> swans must have stately dreams, I think. But now, the lake bears only thin reflected lights that shake a little. And how I long to take one from the old cold black water. give you in your hand and see and see there is a star deep in the lake a star oh dimmer than a pearl if you stoop down your hand could almost reach it up to me There was a new frail yellow moon tonight, and I wish you could have had it for a cup. With stars like dew to fill it to the brim, how cold it is! Even the lights are cold. And they have put shawls of fog around them, see? And what if the air should grow so dimly white that we would lose our way along the paths, made new by walls of moving mist receding the more we follow? 
What a silver night. That hour, that was our bench. The time you said to me, the long new poem. But how different now, how eerie with the curtain of the fog, making it strange to all the friendly trees. There is no wind, and yet great curving scrolls carve themselves, ever-changing in the mist. Walk on a little, let me stand here watching to see you. see you too, grown strange to me and far by use. I used to wonder how the park would be if one night we could have it all alone. No lovers with close arm encircled waists to whisper and break in upon our Now we have it. Every wish come true. We are alone now in a fleecy world. And even the stars have gone. We too. That was A November Night by Sarah Tisdale. Do you see what I mean? Isn't this woman, like, amazing? Come on, y'all. That deserves a like. Let's go. stuff Sarah Tisdale super talented amazing 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 let's see what else we got here Next one because Sarah Tisdale is a woman 
and she wrote this very very short poem and she titled it advice to a girl so let's see if you all agree <laughs> by the way be kind to each other you know what i'm saying like y'all are so critical amongst each other <laughs> anyway i'm just gonna leave it at that this is sarah tisdale and this is titled advice to a girl <laughs> she says no one worth possessing can be quite possessed lay that on your heart my young angry dear this truth this hard and precious stone lay it on your hot cheek and let it hide your tear and hold it like a crystal and when you are alone and gaze in the depths of the icy stone long look long and you will be blessed no one worth possessing can be quite possessed <laughs> I think she's pretty spot on I think but of course I'm curious to, to know what you guys think <laughs> or maybe not <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, this is the J. Rolden Speaks Podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful time. This is a great place for wholesome content and stimulating conversations. We are getting close to the end of our show, guys. And I'm going to read maybe one or two more left tonight. So let's make it. Let's make these good. All right? Let's make these good. All right. Let me see. Okay, so this next one is also very short. Uh, I'm not going to end the live with this one, but I do like this one a lot from Sarah Tisdale. It's very short, and it's titled, I Thought of You. I thought of you and how you love this beauty. And walking up the long beach all alone, I heard the waves breaking in measured thunder and as you and I once heard their monotone. Around me were the echoing dunes, beyond me, the cold and sparkling silver of the sea. We too will pass through death and ages lengthen before you hear that sound again with me. I thought of you. My dear, this is what I mean when I say that I thought of you. It's not 
a moment during the day that like I forget to think about you. That's pretty crazy. The thought of a thought, right? Interesting. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get all philosophical here, so I better end the live here pretty soon. <laughs> so let me look for one more, one more poem here. One second. having trouble finding one that I would like to end the live with. Oh, yes. I found... Give me one second. I found this... Um, let's see. So sorry, guys, for stalling here. <laughs> it was... live with a poem by Robert Burns and this one's titled I found kiss read by Seamus himself are you ready all right here we go
iPhone kiss and then we sever I farewell and then forever deep in heart wrong tears I'll pledge thee wearing sighs and groans I'll wage thee and who shall say that fortune grieves him while the star of hope she leaves him me nay a sheer fool twinkle lights me and dark despair around benights me and I'll never blame my partial fancy and nothing could resist my Nancy but to see her was to love her love but her and love forever had we never loved say kindly had we never loved say blindly never met and never parted we had never been broken hearted and fare thee wheel thou fair first and fairest and fare thee wheel thou best and dearest thine be ilka joy and treasure and peace and enjoyment and love and pleasure I fond kiss and then we sever I farewell alas forever deep in heart wrong tears I'll pledge thee warring sighs and groans I'll wage thee I fond kiss the great Robert Burns. This is the J. Rolden Speaks Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, guys. I hope you had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. Whatever you do tomorrow, do it with compassion. Do it with intention, purpose. Do it with thoughtfulness. Don't stop seeking truth. Don't stop seeking knowledge. Don't stop seeking that perfect love learn from that perfect love let it transform your heart let it speak to your heart and i pray that you learn how to forgive as i always say at the end of lives this has been an absolute pleasure if i don't see you again i'm in a good place don't worry and i hope to have left a legacy for my line of kin right my legacy once again thank you so much for being here guys have a wonderful time un gran abrazo para ustedes gracias por estar aquí que Dios les bendiga que Dios les guarde que Dios les siga 
enseñando y demostrando su sabiduría con, con ustedes. Y espero que ustedes puedan aprender y acojarse de el gran Dios nuestro, ¿cierto? Nos vemos en la próxima, si Dios quiere. Take care, everybody. Kiki Manjaro, thank you for subscribing by the way. <laughs>